man, I'm going to just give you a clue. Like, like become their number one fan on that platform. I mean, mm -hmm. here's the number, here's the rule though. Okay. Don't be creepy. That's the <laughs> only, that's the only rule of, you know, where could you screw this up? Did you grow up being told that going to college and getting that dream job was the only way to be successful? Well, that was me too. After applying to 100 jobs in New York City and getting no responses, I changed gears and figured out that my dream job was not really having a job at all. I tried a bunch of different ways to make money online, but nothing quite felt right to me. That's when I realized that if I wanted to make it big, I needed to be serving the people I truly cared about, doing the things that got me the most excited. So I went all out helping everyone I could by teaching them everything I knew about sales funnels. But there was a problem. I could use funnel strategy to grow other people's businesses, but how could I use it to grow my own? This podcast is here to give you that answer. Listen and join me on my journey as I reveal the real talk behind the scenes of the world's best internet sales funnels. My name is Brennan Kelly, and welcome to What the Funnel. What's going on, guys? What the Funnel? Welcome back. Super happy to have you guys here and super happy to have my guest here. We are talking to Mr. Josh Elledge. He is famous for turning influencers and entrepreneurs into media celebrities. So he's going to tell us all about that stuff today. He is a PR professional. He's been in the industry forever. He's been on TV over 700 times in Orlando alone. So he's basically a celebrity in my eyes and I'm excited <laughs> to be here looking at him. So what's going on, Josh? Say hi to the fans. Uh, let me know what's up with you. Brendan, thank you so much for having me, man. I am so excited to geek out on funnels. Like that's like uh, that's like one of the most exciting things. Like I, I find someone who's like in marketing and they know about the concept of, of funnels. I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's get down to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all, we all do the same thing. I mean, yeah, I remember my first, you know, six months really when I first figured out what funnels were and it was just like literally going through light bulbs like every single day, just like, oh my God, oh my God, this. And you have like these aha moments and they all connect and it's just so exciting. And then there's nobody around to talk to about it. And it's sad because <laughs> you're just like blowing up in your own body and there's nobody around. So, uh, yep, exactly. And you know, it's amazing. Like I, I actually had a meeting with somebody who's in marketing and you know, I started talking about funnels and I had somebody in the meeting who again is in, is in comms mm -hmm. and, and they were like, what? So can you define what a funnel is? I'm like, Ooh, wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny because I'm so indoctrinated in the world now, you know, that I assume that everybody knows exactly what a funnel is and how it works and all that. It's like that curse of knowledge. But really when I go out in the world, you know, not a single person knows, especially the general public. So yeah. Josh, tell us, tell us um, a little bit about your history to get us started just so we can get to know you a little bit and get some context. Sure. Yeah. So um, I served in the U.S. Navy straight out of high school um, and actually was a journalist. Uh, I did broadcast journalism. Um, I did TV in Pearl Harbor for three years. Um, so anything that happened in the Aleutian, or I'm sorry, anything that happened in the Hawaiian Islands, I'll get to the Aleutian Islands in just a second. Um, we would do a news story on, send it into uh, Navy Marine Corps News, and it would air on Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. And so for a young kid, you know, having that kind of experience, that was really cool. Now, I wasn't very good good at the time. And I don't know that I'm necessarily any better today, but I've just done it a lot. Uh, but it was really, it, it gave me the confidence that I could do media. And I think that that was the most important thing. Uh, because honestly, anyone who's listening to us can do TV if you really wanted to. 
just like anyone listening to us right now, like you could build up and work up a stage presentation and you could do a, like a TEDx talk or you could speak uh, at major conferences, but it just requires a little bit of effort to get to that point. Um, and so, you know, out of there, um, you know, out of the Navy, I, I also did, matter of fact, I was a DJ uh, for my last year in the Navy. Uh, so I was in the Aleutian Islands on a little tiny island called Adak. And believe it or not, I was like that Adrian Cronauer, good morning, Vietnam. I, I did that job. <laughs> and um, so again, really, really fun experience. Studied family therapy in college because I wanted to become a love doctor on the radio. Like that was like my biggest dream uh, to become a love doctor. And uh, that didn't happen happened because I got involved with internet development. So I was designing crappy web pages in the late 90s, you know, when we're on HTML2. Um, but that led to a life of entrepreneurship. And I got to tell you that I failed a lot in business. Uh, I uh, lost two houses, uh, one to foreclosure, uh, one in a short sale, declared personal bankruptcy. Like I failed uh, because I was just trying to figure out business. And some of my business plans were not really good. Uh, but eventually uh, in, um, gosh, this was year 2007, uh, I started a company at the very beginning of the year called Savings Angel. And I developed a system that would help you cut your grocery bill in half. And it worked. It worked really, really well. And when I started it, I had no money for advertising. And as we know, exposure is everything. Like you, you have to have a lot of people coming into the top of the funnel for a couple of reasons. Mm -hmm. Number one, that's where your sales come from. Like a percentage <laughs> of those people, ultimately you're going to convert. But secondly, and this is really critical, is we need data to test with because chances are you're not going to figure out your winning formula for, it could be years. Like we just don't know. Nobody is a fortune teller. And so to the person who's listening to us and your funnel's just not working for you right now, that's normal. Okay, these little stories where you hear people mm -hmm. getting there, do mm -hmm. comma club in 40 days or a month or whatever. Listen, you don't, they're not being forthcoming with the backstory unless they really do tell you that story. Like everybody pays their dues. And now you can learn from other people and the person who's listening to this conversation right now, you are very smart uh, for listening to lots and lots of podcasts to learn from other people who pay their dues. Okay. Uh, learn from me so you don't have to declare bankruptcy. Learn from me. You don't have to lose houses and that sort of thing. Um, and I'll tell you that with Savings Angel, um, what I, because I had no money for advertising, I thought, well, how else can I get visibility? So I just started reaching out to local TV stations, local radio stations, local newspapers, magazines, like anyone I could with an audience. Doing traditional said, PR, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, right. And I said, look, I don't have any money to advertise. I wish I could, but maybe we could develop a segment. Uh, maybe I could bring value. And if nothing else, like I would be honored if we could just test this thing out. And if I, you don't like me for whatever reason, that's fine. Kick me out. You don't ever have to have me back again, but I would at least love the opportunity to serve your audience. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I think that my first real gig was a local radio station. I mean, it was a local, small Christian radio station. In fact, they showed mercy on me, a little bit of Christ-like love, I guess. And they had me on, uh, and I did okay, I guess. I mean, I'll tell you from a business perspective up until that point, I really didn't make any money. And I was in a position where I had to pay for my heating bill and, uh, savings angel was, I, I lost my last contracting position. I had to make this money because if I didn't make this money, I wasn't going to be able to pay my heating bill. And it was, uh, I'm going to say it was about March in Michigan. We still have like 
you know, three months of winter left, you know, and you're in March in Michigan. Um, and so I ended up, uh, you know, that little three minute segment, I ended up making over $300 uh, in, because people would pay $20 a month uh, to join Savings Angel. We don't do that anymore, by the way. Um, but um, that I had three, I was like about 360 bucks. And Brendan, that paid my heating bill. And uh, I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, what would happen if I did this again? And by the way, that's recurring revenue too. That was $360 a month. So for me at the time, I mean, that was everything to me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was like my first money. I was like, oh my gosh, this thing could really work. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, I took the show on the road. I started working with Clear Channel, started doing syndicated radio, um, started uh, working with local newspaper, wrote a column, monthly column for them. Then it turned into a weekly column. Then it turned into a syndicated weekly column. And I've been doing that for over nine years now. Um, TV, uh, we've since moved down to Orlando, Florida. I have been on TV in Orlando now over 700 times as a consumer guy. And I'm always able to mention, you know, hey, I'm with Savings Angel. And today we operate as a blog. You know, I work with brands and so um, we don't, everything's free now. We don't uh, sell it. We don't have a, a paid membership uh, uh, site anymore. But, you know, in doing that work, obviously I had a lot of success with the media. We generated over $6 million in revenue with Savings Angel, spent less than $500 in advertising. And I know a lot of sales funnel people, like hearing that, their brains just exploded right now. And I'm going to tell you, it is absolutely possible uh, to do that um, if, if you follow some principles that we will be talking about uh, on this conversation. So um, just just kind of sum up your transition of what I do today mm -hmm. uh, is that I started doing a lot of pro bono work. I love serving um, you know, uh, women-owned business owners, veteran-owned business owners, um, working with small business development center, like just working with like organizations locally where I can find underserved communities and just say, look, I've had success. Now it's my turn to like, you know, repay and pay it forward. Well, out of that work came a lot of people that were like, well, can we hire you for this? And I was like, I guess. And so that is what birthed up my influence. Really exact way. You know, I went out, I learned things, I served other people, yeah. I helped people out for free. And then people came out saying, Hey dude, is, is this a service that you provide? And I'm like, not really, but sure. Let's go for it. You know, and that's <laughs> literally how it started. So, so, so tell me this, Josh, you use these traditional uh, PR tactics to get started on that business. You were reaching out to, um, you know, newspapers, TV stations, local places like that. So tell me how, I mean, that is traditional PR, correct? Well, yes, although I'll tell you that from experience, most PR firms are doing it all wrong. Now, at the same time that I was able to get 2,000 media placements, uh, there was a point in our business where I said, oh my gosh, what would happen if I actually hired a professional? Because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like, I just keep showing up. Uh, and so we actually hired a PR uh, professional, spent $25,000. You know what I got? I got one good introduction to a reporter, and then I got to speak at a lawn and garden show. That and was my $25,000. That's why I asked you, like, let's talk traditional PR. And I know that you have a kind of different stance on it, and you're very polar, and you're, you know, unapologetic about it. So let's yeah. hear what you think about it, because the way that PR is going right now um, and how we can take those principles and either change them and use them online to become influencers as entrepreneurs or, you know, what's your, what's your take on the situation? Because I know you have an awesome... Yeah, no, this is where I really kind of break out the torches and pitchforks. I, I, I really... Uh, I, the reason why I agreed to 
start doing this type of work is because I got ripped off. I hated it. Um, no, I mean, honestly, I don't really fault any particular PR professional. I don't really think it's their fault. I think it's a cultural problem. Uh, and I think that for far too long, the public relations industry has been able to rest on their laurels in a position of, oh, I can make you that introduction to Susie over there. That's going to be $5,000, please. Why the hell would you do that when Susie's on Twitter? Like, Susie, <laughs> she's not like, it's not like you can't reach out yourself to any reporter. Like, they're all available today. Now, back in the day, you know, it, it, you may have needed that. And, and I will tell you that it, it can make it a little easier when you're getting personal referrals to so-and-so. But I'm going to tell you that I think that's by and large, I don't think that's necessary today. Now, there's a few things that you want to have ahead of time so that you can be treated with some respect and you can be taken seriously because if you are reaching out to influencers and media, and by the way, I lump them into the same category. Um, I actually see media as a subset of influencers. They're a portion of the entire uh, influencer umbrella. We could talk about that distinction and how we specifically work with social media influencers. Um, but by and large, the rules are the same. But what I see PR uh, agencies doing far too often is being a paid introduction service like, uh, you know, like a personal Yenta, uh, and they charge way too much money uh, for something that honestly, you just don't need to pay for today. Um, if you, again, do all the right stuff that I, Brendan, on this program is going to teach you how to do for free. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I mean, look, interesting take on it because, you know, I studied public relations in school. That was my major. I loved it. I became at least what I thought good at it. I, I became a very good writer and I developed a lot as yes. a person. So I became good at um, interviewing people, you know, getting conversations out of people, just, you know, communication in general. And I became an awesome writer. But so there's a few ways that we can use PR, right? One is to get yeah. influence in the media. Another uh, reputation management. There's a few other places in there. Um, so I guess, what, what would you say, and this is kind of a segue, but it just came into my mind right now. What would you say to some of our old college professors? Like, we're talking PR, they're studying, they're teaching PR. Um, what do they need to be doing to kind of... They need to be bringing... Again, yeah, again. they need to be bringing me in as a guest lecturer is what they need to be doing uh, because <laughs> I'm in the trenches. Sleep. They're in the, I, pardon my French, they're in the ivory tower. They're teaching from textbooks that not all of them, but I'd say far too many of them are teaching from old school methods that just don't work in today's environment. And they hear, listen, here's what works in today's environment. Now, if you're a nonprofit, you send out a press release and you're a known brand, you're a known, you're a known commodity, you've already kind of got that relationship. Yeah, go ahead, send your press release, blah, blah, blah. That, that, you know, a lot of media is still done that way. Uh, but usually what I find is that if, let's say I get two, let's say I get two pitches. And I get pitches, Brendan, every day. I get multiple pitches a day from PR right. people. Because, you know, again, I've been writing a syndicated column for eight years. I'm a consumer guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so most pitches that I get from PR people, and I, when I say most, I mean like 95%. It is that bad. Most of them are glorified spammers. And no, 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 I'll say high-priced spammers. Because, <laughs> and what really gets me angry is the fact that their client is likely paying a lot of money for me to get this 
email blast from this PR professional. And, and what makes me angry is that business is relying on that They're making an investment because they want buzz. They want authority. They want influence. They want people talking about their product or service. Okay. And so mm -hmm. now that's the typical approach for most PR people. If I get an email and I'm going to construct the perfect, not the perfect, I mean, because there's no perfect pitch. I mean, it's, it's all unique, but let me give you some general principles of a pitch that would work really, really well with me. Okay, let's hear it. Hi, Josh. I've been reading your column. Thank you for all the awesome work you do to empower consumers. Okay. Try to identify what the journalist, like, like what their mission is, what their purpose is, like acknowledge that. Let them know, hey, I'm not just selling you, and I'm going to get, I'm going to lay some, I'm going to drop some bombs here uh, in terms of like stuff that you would probably never even consider to write in a pitch, but I'm telling you it works. So start with, you know, get right, you know, uh, you know, just say, hey, what, acknowledge what the relationship is. Like if you don't know each other, then you don't know each other. So just say, hey, I'm a fan. Uh, people don't throw away fan mail. That's a clue. So start off by, you, you don't want to, go to fangirl on them because um, then it's, you know, it's kind of awkward. Uh, yeah, yeah, I but I, what I like to call is professional respect. Like, like, look, I'm a professional. You're a professional. I love the work you're doing. Like, I've dug into it. Um, I, I really appreciate your impact. Like, that kind, of, that kind of vibe is what you want to get across. Then you go from there, the introduction of acknowledgement, or maybe, like, there is a personal connection. Like we've been following each other on Twitter for some time. Um, and by the way, what I would love to see someone do is get on that influencer's radar for a month or so by liking, favoriting, commenting, uh, retweeting, that sort of thing. Twitter, by the way, I think is the perfect platform for getting on an influencer's radar. Yeah, there's, there's um, a lot of ways to do it. I mean, even so, um, you know, let's say you're one of your influencers, you're, you're on their email list, right? Let's say you email back and reply to every single thing that they send out and say, hey man, I love this email. Like this is what I thought yes. about it. I, I really like this and I'm interested in this. So thanks for that. And if you do yeah, that for your- Like honestly, like 75 plus percent of the time, they're going to see that message. They may not reply back, but right. they'll see it. And that it really, it means a lot. Like I, like I recently started YouTube and like I've got people that comment on my YouTube channel. It's not a big channel yet, but I'm producing, you know, spending a lot of time on it. So when you see an influencer start a new platform, man, I'm going to just give you a clue. Like, like become their number one fan on that platform. I mean, mm -hmm. here's the number, here's the rule though. Okay. Don't be creepy. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only rule of, you know, where could you screw this up? Don't be creepy. Like that's the only thing. And you're just going to have to like, it's like be going, it's like dating somebody, right? You're going to, you have to walk that line. You know, you want to be on the radar, but don't be too crazy. Um, Okay, so getting back to the pitch, so acknowledge, identify what's the relationship, because that's the first thing I look for. Why is this person emailing me? How do we know each other? Okay, oh, they're a fan. Okay, cool. Like, I get, like, I, and, and by the way, like, I, anyone could be a fan. Like, I, I have no control over that. You know, but sometimes, like, if it's like, hey, we were at this conference together, blah, 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 then if so, you know, use that. Okay, then you're going to say, um, you know, you're going to introduce your expertise. And by the way, um, if you go to my YouTube channel, I did a video all about newsjacking. I could spend 20, 30 minutes talking just about newsjacking, but I can tell you from experience that that concept 
absolutely works. Now, David Meerman Scott, who created the concept, uh, he that, doesn't go far enough. What what you, he, can we def define newsjacking real quick? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So newsjacking, okay, here's, here's the thing. Uh, a bad pitch is the kind of pitch, and this is what most people do. And, and by the way, when I speak on this, I say, okay, for, for 10 minutes, you guys do PR stuff, go. And then I let them sit and sweat for a little while. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm not, gonna let, I'm not gonna make you do that. But let me ask you, what were you going to do? And invariably, most people are gonna start, basically just start selling stuff to influencers and journalists. And I'm like, that's the worst thing you could do. Because if a journalist or producer, here's your quote, by the way, here's your, here's your pull quote. <laughs> All right, let's hear it, let's hear it. Uh, if a journalist or producer smells sales on your breath, you're done. It's not, listen, as a writer, it's not my job to promote your damn product or service. That's your job, okay? And don't do it on my platform. That's not what I do. My job is to serve my audience, bring them value, um, make, make me look good, make you look good as well. Um, but honestly, it's to serve my audience. And so whatever you do, do not talk about, brag about, try and sell your stuff. Do not do that. It, you, you're going to be able to do that to some degree in the near future, but absolutely not in that first communication. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is going to make some marketers sweat because they're like, well, well, then what's the point, Josh? I need to be selling, 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 selling. Okay, that's like, if you've been to like a conference where you're like, now you're just like, you know, mingling around, you know, everyone's got a drink in their hand and, you know, people are chatting and all of a sudden like this me monster, it's always a dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. and you know, he's got a badly, he's badly dressed. Uh, and he's got wearing the Herb Tarlick from WKRP, you know, Jack and all this other stuff. Uh, and, and he's, he's, he just starts going into this infomercial and it's almost like you want to wave your hand in front of his face and you're like, are you even like looking at me? Like, are, where did you go? Like you just went into commercial mode and like, I, like it's weird. It's awkward. So don't do that in person and don't do that in your first communication because instantly the influencer, this is why PR people are failing so bad and why there's a bloodbath in the industry right now is because they're under the gun to perform for their clients and they're not communicating to their clients. Look, this is going to take a little while or you're going to have to do a very, very, very soft sell and, and lead with value first before you ever get to talking about your thing. Now, you can still do it, and we'll talk about how that works, but you cannot lead with, you know, bad, bad sales breath, we'll call it. <laughs> you just got to take your marketing hat, put it on a shelf. It does not work in uh, public relations. It's a different game. Um, now, I will say that if we can ultimately, if we can get this placement, okay, marketing, is the difference between marketing and PR, by the way, and, and this basic definition. Mm -hmm. So, marketing, you have high control over the messaging, low levels of influence because people know you're selling. In PR, the idea is you have low control over the messaging, like you've got to play by the rules, but you have super high trust, super, super high trust. So, that's kind of the idea. Okay, continuing on with the pitch. Um, then you're going to pivot into a newsjacking thing. Newsjacking is basically a good pitch. Here's what a bad, a bad pitch <laughs> is you're going to evoke a response where someone says, like a producer, journalist, or an influencer says, um, well, I 
guess we could do a story on that. I mean, we weren't really planning on that. Like that's not the response you want. And if you think that your pitch could, could possibly evoke that, um, then that's not a good pitch. And so, by the way, I'll tell you that um, you releasing version 3.14X of your new SaaS platform, that's not news. I, I'm, I hate to break it to you, but people just don't care about your stuff. They really don't. Um, you want to be pitching stuff that people are already talking about. So, for example, um, you know, we have one client that um, he did a pitch and he talked about um, he's a financial advisor and he's talking about, uh, you know, the kind of the, the, the life insurance policy that each member of Game of Thrones should take out based on their, uh, their likelihood of dying. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, at the time, again, this is at the beginning of season seven, uh, Cersei was basically like, okay, she going to die. So, <laughs> so, so he was advising on what kind of uh, policy she should take out. Freaking brilliant, brilliant. Dude, Massive, that's great right? media coverage yeah. as a result of that because everyone's talking about Game of Thrones. And so are, is everyone talking about life insurance? No, but that was his hook to get in. And then of course, now given the platform, and he had a great hook. Everyone's already talking about it. Uh, you know, water cooler subjects, things that are trending in social media, stuff that everyone's talking about in the news. And you want to strike while the iron's hot. You want to try to strike when that news story is on the way up. Like it's, um, it's just starting to trend. Um, so you want to jump in. You know, and that's where you want to offer to be helpful. Make the main story about the topic, but you know, make it. You know, it's like you know, lead with the sizzle you know, you're going to deliver a little bit of steak in there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's, that's kind of your perfect thing. Now, David Merrin's got wonderful, uh, but generally what he teaches is that just produce the content and journalists will discover it. And then that's, that was good advice 10 years ago. There's so much content now. You yeah, have that, to that's, like saying, that, that's exactly like saying, Hey, I just built this awesome funnel. I spent six months on it and you know, people will find it now. Right? No, no, that's exactly. sad, sad reality is, and we'll talk about consumer behavior and why consumers are the way they are right now. Um, but yeah, it's not enough. You gotta like, you gotta build a relationship with somebody first, build up that trust, give, 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 give. And then eventually it is going to be the natural outcome for them to take that next step to say opting in, giving you an email address because email is currency. We'll get into all that. Um, but yeah, I just want to finish up this pitch. Um, so uh, like, for example, like the Game of Thrones thing or whatever, uh, that would have been, you know, a great pitch that you could do. So it has to be something that people are talking about. Um, and, and then, you know, again, tie in, don't do any selling. And, uh, and then you want to close with, uh, by the way, if you're, if you're reaching out to like a digital producer, like literally, I, was, I would say these words, like if, especially if you're reaching out for the first time. And, mm -hmm. and by the way, I don't need any kind of promotion, links, clicks. You know, I, I don't need, you know, I, I'm not looking for you to promote my brand or anything like that. Um, I'm just a total geek on this subject and it would be my honor to serve your audience. Now, you might not want to use those exact words based on what's going on in the relationship, but if you can convey that your intentions are sincere, then that's really going to give you a lot of mileage. Then if I get a pitch go like up, that, right? if you go in straight up? pitching somebody, I said, then their defense isn't going to go up either, right? Exactly. Exactly. I get pitches that, that will specifically ask for follow links in the pitch. 
And I'm like, who are you? That's not, again, <laughs> that, what, that's audacious. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. Like, and, and it'll work like Jim Carrey, Dumb and Dumber numbers. Like, it'll work one out of a million. Like, yeah, and, yeah. you know, so there is a chance. And that's what spammers do. And unfortunately, that's what far too many PR professionals do. And the exact same thing goes if you're, you know, reaching out to a local media company, if you're trying to get on the news, if you're um, even reaching out to a, you know, an Instagram influencer, if you're somebody on Facebook or you're trying to get somebody in their Twitter DMs or anything, really trying to reach out to anybody above you, I would follow all these same exact principles, right? Yeah. 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 And so when I said that, um, so, you know, PR really has, uh, it's been exciting to, to watch the transformation and, and we try to be where the puck is. So right now we're doing a lot of work with influencers. So, um, so for example, I know, you know, Russell Brunson, for example, is coming out with a book, uh, it's traffic secrets. And a big part of that is going to be about building your dream 100. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I've got some, let me tell you, I've got some experience with this subject and here, Here's where I'm going to part ways with Russell. Love all the great education that he does. But that Dream 100, realistically, I think a lot of people are going to get started on it and they're going to get frustrated because it's not going to be working as quickly as Russell, I know, has explained it in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it really needs to be a Dream 500. If I'm being very honest about what will you expect? It needs to be a, a big list because the vast majority of people are going to tell you no. Why? Because everyone's getting them up, especially the big influencers. They're getting hit up like constantly. And I honestly, like people always, we get this a lot where people will approach us and like, hey, Josh, can you connect us with Gary Vee? And the answer is yes, of course we can. We can connect you with anybody. But have you earned your way there yet? It's like a media. Like if you want to do Good Morning America, can we get you on Good Morning America? Absolutely. Um, But you need to have the reputation and the experience and the authority in order for them to say, okay, they're ready for Good Morning America. And so in order to do that, you, you know, Good Morning America is not going to book you until you've done New York, LA, maybe Chicago, right? You have to have done that stuff. And they would prefer you've done like other national stuff. Okay. New York, LA, Chicago is not going to touch you until you've done some mid-market stuff. So Grand Rapids, Michigan, Orlando, Tampa, Miami, that sort of thing. Uh, And so, and honestly, you know, they're not going to touch you. You know, Grand Rapids probably won't take a chance on you until you have video of you performing in a studio. So Mm -hmm. Kalamazoo, you know, like you want to find the smallest, smallest TV show station, whatever you can get on. Maybe it's just digital stuff, but man, you got to have lots of video on your website showing that I can perform on camera. And then Grand Rapids will take that chance with you. Get in the studio in Grand Rapids for a handful of times. Then you can think to start about pitching Chicago. Uh, Do Chicago a few times and that might take a while because, you know, there's only so much media and there's a lot of competition to be a subject matter expert there. Um, And then eventually you start doing the syndicated stuff and you kind of grow from there. It's the same thing with influencers. Okay, so a a big influencer is not going to take their time unless, man, you've got some really solid numbers. You've got a lot of evidence that you could knock it out of the park with them. Because I can tell you, I mean, I'm not huge. I've got about 120,000 followers, um, but I cannot afford to waste my time with bad JV partnerships. A bad JV deal, it that's like my ultimate 
like I got to stay away from that because I'm burning up currency. I'm burning up stuff with my own audience. I got to be really picky. And mm -hmm. so I have to make sure that when I introduce a product or service to my audience, we are going to absolutely knock it out of the park. My audience is going to love it. We're going to do a lot of great business together. I cannot risk it on something small and unproven. What happens too is, you know, you're, you're reaching one or two levels up every single time. So let's bring it to yes. the podcast for an example, you know? So I'm talking to you, you're a couple levels up. I'm gonna find somebody else, I'm gonna bring them on next week. I'm, it's gonna be a couple levels up. And eventually what happens yes. is, people start to associate you with those people, you That's start okay. working with those people, you start making those connections and relationships, and then you rise. And then you, go, you can go two more levels up, but it's gonna be higher than it was before too. So Brendan, you're absolutely right. Let's do 100 is really what I'm hearing out of you is, you know, start at the bottom, maybe even make your dream 100 in order, right? From like uh, attainable, reachable to, you know, the, the dream. <laughs> right. And, and if you have to start with people that are smaller than you, just get that experience, man. Even if you don't make any sales on it, you got to have that experience because you're going to learn a lot. Like, so we just did, um, you know, you'll hear this a lot. Like, um, so we've, I've done some work with, um, um, gosh, with product launch formula, Jeff Walker. And, you know, he'll tell you like the first time you do your first launch, it's probably, you're probably not going to make much money. Um, and sure enough, like we just launched a new product, new, you know, and we did okay, but not nearly as good as I was hoping to do. But he said, Josh, that's normal. That is so normal. Like you, if you did do like exceptional sales, like you have to understand that's like an incredible outlier. And I know everyone wants to be the outlier. No, 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 no. just, you got it. Like, but because we had that experience of doing that launch, now we've learned so much. We got feedback. We got, you know, we tested out this stuff. And now like, it's probably like Jeff will tell you that it's usually not until you're like your third or fourth launch that you start to gain some traction. And now you really start to make a little bit more money with that. And so, um, so you're going to need that anyway. So it's like with media, it's like, dude, don't, you know, don't uh, go to Chicago or, you know, uh, CNN or something like that. And you're not really ready for that because you're going to end up looking bad and you don't want to burn that bridge because I'll tell you that a producer will never rebook a bad guest. They remember, uh, you know, so you're only saving grace with an outlet would be that producer leaves and goes somewhere else uh, because otherwise uh, I've been in green rooms where producers like, okay, well, they'll never be on again because they were just not, they didn't have any good, they didn't have the, they didn't have a, and I do morning TV. Uh, so I do morning news. Uh, again, as you could tell, like I've got the energy for it. <laughs> um, but if you, I saw it as soon as you got on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is a morning news guy. Um, but like authors are notorious. Authors are really hard. Even like when we get author clients, like we're like, dude, let's book you for podcasts. I'm not going to recommend you do TV unless you've really got that energy down. Authors are notorious for being bad guests. Uh, they're just boring. Uh, most of them are. Um, it just kind of goes with, I, mean, I don't know why, his personality, I don't know. But um, yeah, so you, you, you want to, um, but you know, just kind of getting to the point I was talking about, you, you earn your way to the top. Um, and, uh, oh, I was going to get into the definition of, of authority. This is really important because you mentioned one of them. And so and this is for the person watching or listening to this conversation, write this down because this is important because authority is the most valuable currency you can have today. 
Okay guys, so that is the first half of the conversation with Mr. Josh Elledge. Now that was some really cool stuff, but stick around for the next episode because he's about to let us know how to gain authority and leverage when we don't have a large audience. So stick around for that episode and give it a listen. Hey, thanks for listening. Do you want some serious training to help you get more money out of your funnels? Recently, 100 people joined me in a live three-day masterclass showing you how to develop your avatar, then create the perfect hooks, sales messages, and offers that will have them begging for your products. Do you want those recordings for free? Head over to FunnelAvatar.com to get instant access today, and then we'll catch you on the next episode.